Very good morning, everyone, and welcome into Trot's Talk on your Sunday morning. Matt Markham in the chair, filling in for Greg O'Connor, who I believe being away, has been away playing a bit of golf this week up in the Hawke's Bay, so we hope that went well for Greg. Happy to be stepping in off the back of what's been another big week of harness racing Group 1 action at Eddington Raceway on Friday night and the Grand Mare All-American Lover grabbing herself another Group 1 victory for the Stonewall Stud team. We're going to catch up with her driver, Tim Williams, a little bit later in the show to talk about the Stonewall Stud operation, All-American Lover. Uh, Tim's good start to the season, their good start to the season and a couple of their chances today. Harness Racing Action today comes in from both Meffin on the grass and also down at Winton for the annual YRIO meeting. That grass track meeting at Meffin is the annual Hirata Trotting Club meeting, so some good cards on offer today for Sunday punters. Can inform those that are having a play on the grass track out at Meffin that there was uh, substantial amounts of rainfall overnight, but the day did dawn very fine, if not a little bit chilly this morning with a bit of uh, snow up on the mountain, but they get underway at 11.48am this morning does the High Rider Trotting Club meeting at Meffin and they're going to uh, roll their way through 11 races throughout the day including the High Rider Cup, a continuation of this Country Cups series and there is another Country Cup on today as well down at the Winton meeting, uh, at Winton for the Wairio meeting with the Wairio Cup where we've got a number of very nice horses going around including Sandwave and also Tact McLeod who is one of the real excitement machines of Southland Racing at the moment. We're going to catch up with Nathan Williamson and talk through his team of runners throughout the day. He's got some big chances on the board. And we're also going to catch up with uh, Johnny Cox. We're hoping, as we try to catch up with him now, we're going to get a hold of Zachary Butcher to talk about the win of Merlin on Friday night at Alexandra Park. He won a four-horse race, being self-assured. Of course, Merlin this week was confirmed as the first slot holder for this year's Race by Grins at Cambridge Raceway. He picks up the uh, SENZ radio slot. So nice to have Merlin on board. He's a real excitement machine. Um, he was a very good winner on Friday night at Alexandra Park. And he'll head to Australia in a couple of weeks as he looks to book himself a spot in the Chariots of Fire. Where, of course, he will most likely meet a horse that he knows very well. And that horse's name is Don't Stop Dreaming. From the Mark and Nathan Purden stable, he was an emphatic winner last night at Menangle, winning the Hondo Grattan uh, in fine, fine style. Jack Callahan jumped into the bike and handled the driving duties for the Purden All-Stars team, and he was a very, very good winner, beating our Vinny Captain's Knock. And the fellow Kiwi, sooner the better, a very good run by him for Barry Purden and Scott Phelan. Uh, they whipped around Menangle in 150.6 and Don't Stop Dreaming looked like he was doing it very, very comfortably. Just unable to get Zachary on the line at the moment. But we're going to talk through these harness meetings throughout the day today and looking forward to what should be some good punting challenges out there. Of course, always a little bit tricky on the grass track at Meffin to try and find those winners. And a very, very good uh, card down in Winton for the Wairio Trotting Club meeting. As I said before, their Wairio Cup field today is simply outstanding. Uh, looking forward to getting the thoughts of Nathan Williamson a little bit later in the show around Sandwave and where he's at. Obviously had a wee slight mishap after his last run, but he returned 
to uh, the workouts and was very, very good. So keen to get Nathan's thoughts on him as well as his many chances throughout the day. He's got some really nice types in as the day rolls forward. So no luck getting Zach on the line at the moment. I understand that he did have uh, some social events on today uh, and he was going to try and make time for us. Uh, we haven't been able to quite get a hold of him. Robbie's doing uh, the hard yards behind the scene trying to get him on board. Um, so yeah, we will uh, keep endeavouring to try and get Zachary on the line. As I said earlier, we're actually going to try and catch. Oh, we are going to catch up with uh, Tim Williams. He's down at Wairio today with a, a team of horses for Stonewall Stud. Uh, he picked up his 19th Group One victory on Friday night with All American Lover, and what was a very, very competitive mares race uh, there with some some quality performances and uh, a very eye-catching performance from the newcomer to the Mark Purden and Nathan Purden's stable in um, Mr Kaplan who, uh, oddly named, given she's a mare, but she made up a stack of ground. I'm just trying to catch Robbie's attention there. If he can't get Zach on the line, we might jump straight ahead and try and grab uh, Nathan Williamson and have a chat with him, if we can, and we'll get things underway here and have a chat on Shots Talk. Of course, brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. Matt Markham sitting in the chair filling in for Greg O'Connor today as Robbie now tries to get himself uh, Nathan Williamson on the line and we'll have a chat with him. 12 race card down there today at Wario um, and some really, really, as I said, nice uh, fields throughout the day. We've got a Southland Oaks heat uh, going around. Nathan's actually got a strong hand in that. He's got two fillies in that and a real excitement machine from the Cran and Chrissy Dalgetty stable and All You Need Is Me who is uh, heading down there with a two starts, two win record. Carter Dalgetty's been a busy boy. Uh, do understand we have Nathan Williamson on the line. A very good morning to you, Nathan. How's the weather down in the deep south this morning? Good yeah, morning, Matt. Um, look, yeah, no, we've bit uh, overcast. We've had a wee shower or two this morning, but um, forecast is meant to be for a clear day. So, um, yeah, I don't think it will affect proceedings too much. Actually, I think the, yeah, the track will be uh, hard and fast, so it should be good. That's what we like to hear. Big team in for you today, uh, Nathan, from your own stable. And you know, I know you've got a number of outside drives as well. You're going to be a busy man throughout the day. Uh, things start to kick off for you in race number six, where you've got the unbeaten Miraculous going around. Now, we haven't seen this horse since the 14th of December. Um, I understand it's been back to the workouts and trials. Where's the horse at? And with that little bit of time and a little bit of freshen up, do you feel like the horse has improved? Yeah, we've just sort of um, been a lack of racing for him really over the Christmas period. Um, yeah, there was obviously the supremacy heats didn't go ahead and um, he um, I elected to give him a little bit of a freshen up. So um, he's pretty forward, Matt. He's uh, had a trial, which he went nice in the other day. I was pleased with him and he's trained on well. So no, look, I think he should be you know, at least as good as he was last start, certainly fitness-wise anyway. So um, no, no, he's, he's good to go. Certainly uh, changes the complexion of the race with three scratchings there and only the five horses to go round. Is he is he a pretty adaptable horse, Nathan? Is he the sort of horse that can sort of sit off the speed or do you like sort of getting him up onto the top end and looking to control things or are you just going to take that as it comes when you get out there today? Yeah, probably just take it as it comes, Matt. Look, um, yeah, his first start he ended up um, drawing wide and settling back and then... Um, sort of, you know, coming over the top of them late. And then, um, obviously, last start, he led all the way. So he's fairly adaptable. But um, in saying that, I, you know, I think he's probably, um, you know, shown that he's right up there um, as far as probably one of the better chances in the field. So, therefore, um, you know, you'd sort of probably have to use his class a wee bit and sort of uh, take a wee bit of luck out of it. I think, you know, um, I wouldn't think there'd be too many wanting to hold him out. And if, if 
you know, if that happened, um, you know, he, he's the one to beat. You've also got ultimate weapon in the race. Now, he's an interesting type. As, uh, he showed a lot of promise early on. Uh, things probably haven't quite gone right in his last two starts after encouraging debut second. Craig Ferguson takes the drive for you today. Uh, very good workout winner late last month. Uh, a horse trending back upwards, perhaps? Yeah, definitely. Um, I do like this fella. Look, his first up run was, was good. Um, you know, he, he run he run a nice second and he was pretty green. I thought his seventh at Invercargill was very good. He, he got bottled away on the fence and um, he really attacked the line nice. So we're pretty confident heading to Omicow and he and he put in a bit of a shocker, but he was he was crook and he'd come home and um, we had to treat him and give him 10 days freshen up. So sort of forgive him that one and he has worked back nice and his trial was nice. So um, he's not a horse that possesses any early speed at all and that's probably a wee bit of a downfall um, or why he certainly got buried on the fence that day at Invercargill. But um, he'll be, um, you know, a nice horse going forward and certainly one when they get up over the bigger, longer trips. You know, the staying trips will really suit him. He's um, a good staying horse, but, um, you know, probably uh, the mile doesn't altogether suit him, you know. Okay, then we go into race number seven, and a horse that went straight into my black book on debut was a pacer you've got called Zamparini. Uh, made up a stack of ground from, from a long way off them and really charged through the line. You must have been pleased with that debut effort, and how have things gone since then? Yeah, no, we're real happy with him. Um, look, he's a, he's a horse that, um, you know, he's pretty genuine. He always runs on, and he's, you know, got, got a wee bit of ability there. It's just um, he hasn't been altogether that smooth in his pacing gait. He just... When he wants to lug in, he, he can get a little bit rough on it. So um, we've made some gear alterations. Um, certainly if he paced smoothly throughout, I think he's probably, you know, right there or one of the ones to beat, um, especially from his better draw, you know. Um, yeah, it looks it looks a winnable race for him, and he's, he's drawn nice to get a nice enough wee run there. So, um, yeah, look, he's uh, yeah he's not in without a, without a good chance. Southland Oaks seat later on in the day you've got two runners in that race again uh, we'll start off with Ruby Rowe now she obviously won her first two races uh, in a row very impressively and then took on a pretty good field last time and was just a little bit green and looked a little bit difficult for you to handle at times um, you've given her a bit of time since that run uh, where do you feel she's at today because she she looks like a filly who's got a lot of potential yes that's right she's got a lot of raw ability um yeah, the old head space isn't um, sometimes altogether um, working with you. Look, at Invercargill, she sort of let us down a bit there. She sort of uh, was extremely wayward and ended up sort of, um, yeah, very stop-start and sort of shying and not, not sort of concentrating on the job at hand. So um, she has been better at Winton, and I couldn't fault her the other day um, at the at the trial. She trialled lovely. Um, put a shadow roll on just to try and get her to focus a little bit more and sort of concentrate on the job and, She's um, well. She wears the half lines as well, so she's got um, a bit of equipment on there just to to get her to focus. But um, certainly doesn't lack the talent. And uh, yeah, if she got a nice trip, I'd say um, you know they'll know she's at the races. Well, she's probably still got a little bit to learn. Flying Alley, your other runner that Craig Ferguson takes the drive on, um, is the ultimate little professional, I guess you could say. She's she's done a great job for you in her short career. Uh, she's had two seconds this time in and, and improving runs uh, from the first through to the second. Has she improved again off the back of that? And is she a little bit of a forgotten horse in this race, perhaps? I, I sort of thought that she was a horse who could definitely win it if things fell into place for her. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, look, ultimate professional, she... Um yeah, she can she can be driven any way. She could go forward, she could go back. She's um pretty adept. She's got good manners. She's just really faultless wee wee girl and um 
has a share of ability too. So, look, yeah, she just probably from her wide as raw needs things to pan out in her favour. But if they do that, she can certainly capitalise. She's very well. And, um, yeah, she's pretty forward too to run a good race. So, no, we're really happy with her. We're really happy with both fillies. So hopefully they uh, go real well. Could you split them, Nathan? Is, would you have one ahead of the other, or are they both circumstantial horses that if things fell into the into place for them, that they, it wouldn't surprise you if either, either of them won? Yeah, it probably just comes down to the run, and I suppose in that respect, Ruby Rose just drawn in a little bit. Um, I suppose you probably have to favour her as to one that might get a get a better trip from her draw, but in saying that, it can easily, um, as you know, work out the other way, and, and the other filly could end up getting a nice run. So just Probably comes down to the run. There's very little between them. I'd say Ruby Rose probably got the raw talent, but as we said, the other girl's um, very professional and, um, you know, lovely wee filly in her own right. So I'd say uh, very little between them and, um, you know, yeah, it just probably comes down to the run on the day. Excellent. Those two fillies taking on the unbeaten. All you need is me from the Dalgetty stable there. On to the day's feature, the uh, Rio Cup. Uh, you got two runners in this race as well. Uh, we'll kick things off with... Uh, Sandwave, who we haven't seen for a few weeks. I understand that there might have been a wee niggle after that last run. A, has he improved and got over that wee issue? And B, where do you think he's at? Because it's not going to be easy for him off a 40-metre handicap with some pretty nice horses in front of him. Yeah, no, that's right, Matt. Look, he just pulled up a little bit unfavourably um, subsequent to Northern South. And so we had some vet work done and the vet went over him and... Um, you know, um, treated one of his his joints, which was causing a wee bit of discomfort. So, um, look, he seems 110% again now, and he's certainly, um, you know, bouncing around the place like he's very well. So he's, uh, yeah, it won't be an easy task, um, you know, off 40 metres and things, um, you know, almost, almost um, you know, mission impossible from back there. But what does help is it's a smallish sort of field, and it just sort of depends um, what happens in front of us, really, how much of a chance he's sort of got. If they... You know, if they run sort of real quick time up front, it's going to make it extremely difficult for him off 40 metres. But, um, you know, if he can um, latch on the field and get dragged into it a wee bit, um, you know, he's certainly um, the class horse of the field, but um, 40 metres makes it difficult. And Mr Cashman goes around in the race uh, for you as well. He was a good winner four starts back and probably hasn't had all the luck in the world lately. Um, where's he at heading into today's assignment? Yeah, like he, he, you're right, he won the south of Waitaki and like obviously beat horses like um, Da Vinci on that day. Obviously Da Vinci's um, improved subsequently, but look, he's a talented enough horse. He's a good follower of speed when he's right. Um, I've actually, um, you know, I just thought he was just going through the motions a wee bit. Um, we had blood tests done and, and it certainly couldn't fold his track work and so we were pretty confident in his last few starts, but he just sort of just hasn't really, um, really sort of attacked the line like he can. So, um, gave him a wee bit of a change of scenery. He stayed in at Ascot Park and he's um, had a bit of a change of scenery the last few weeks. I'm hoping that can just spark his interest up a bit. Um, fairly happy with him in there that um, everything, um, you know, he seems seems pretty well and his work's been good. So just thought sometimes, with, you know, he's getting on a little bit now. I just sort of change of scenery might work. So let's see what he can do today. But he's certainly good enough to feature if he brings his A game. Excellent. Race number 11. Now, information for the punters out there listening to Trot's talk this morning. You've got two in that race, and my Caitlin Denario comes up with the ace drawing. You take the drive on that runner. Uh, $10 chance. Your other runner is the very talented Atoji. Can we take a lean out of your choice of drive there? Um, uh, have you 
chosen to drive that particular runner for a reason? Do you think it's maybe the leading chance? Or uh, Oliver Kite, of course, who's your stable junior driver, takes the drive on a Toji. What's, what's sort of the thought process there? Yeah, well, so, like, McCaitlin's having her first run back. Um, she's um, trialled twice, and we've been happy with her trial. She's building away. I think she's going to benefit from this race um, more more so than probably a Toji who's had the recent racing. Um, the reason Ollie's on a Toji, um, he's definitely the stronger chance of the two, but it is pre- uh, penalty-free if driven by a genius. So we're there chasing the freebie um, win on him. So that's 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 the reason he's on him, and he's definitely um, look. It doesn't mean to say that um, he's going to beat McCaitlin home, but it does. You know, I do think he is the stronger chance of the two um, as we sit here now. So um, yeah, that, that's the reason Ollie's on him, and I see there's quite a few juniors in that event sort of chasing the the penalty free. So um, yeah, that's the reason. But um, I do think McCaitlin uh, from her draws um, definitely a, a place chance anyway. You round out your day with Raka Murph in the last. Now, I was really, really keen on this horse. Um, another one that hasn't had an awful lot of luck in races, but does look like the sort of horse that needs things to fall into place. Um, how do you assess the chances there? Yeah, well, look, he was a really nice two-year-old and obviously running the feature races. And, um, look, he, you know, he beat some lovely horses as a two-year-old, but he was quite a big boy. And then we might have um, perhaps uh, given him a start or two too many and... Um, it's sort of been to his detriment as a three-year-old. It's, he never really come up his last sort of prep as a three-year-old, but um, we're a lot happy with him. At, you know, the, just before Christmas there, he was um, really doing some nice things, and we we're fairly confident hitting Tomacow with him, and he was like ultimate weapon. He'd come home, and he was a bit crook after um, Cow. So we've given him a fresh in. He trialled really nice. Um, probably will improve with the run also, but it looks like there'll be a bit of pace in that race, and... Um, if he can slot back and then get on the train at the right time, um, he should be finishing on pretty strong. Big day for you today, Nathan, with a with a host of your own runners in and a number of uh, outside drives early on in the day. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but if the punters out there listening in were looking for one Nathan Williamson uh, horse to back today, which one would you want to lean them towards? Yeah, well, I suppose I'm probably not going to be too brave and say miraculous. He's, he's a class horse and um, he's you know, we think he's headed for pretty nice things. So, um, look, you know, there's got to be respected. All these other three-year-olds are lovely horses as well. But, um, you know, from what I've seen, I think he's um, the one to beat in there. So we'd have to go with him. Excellent. Hey, Nathan, we'll let you carry on. You've got a busy day ahead of you. Good luck with all your runners today, and especially Sandwave and uh, Mr Cashman going around in the day's feature. Thank you very much for your time on Trotstalk this morning, and go well down at Winton. Hey, thanks very much, Matt. Appreciate it. Cheers. Nathan Williamson, one of Southland's finest big team of horses in today. We appreciate him taking some time out of his busy schedule to have a chat with us about his stable runners. We're going to pop off and pay some bills. And then when we come back on the other side, we'll catch up with Johnny Cox, who is methane-bound. Welcome back in to Trot's Talk on your Sunday morning. Matt Markham deputising in the chair for Greg O'Connor today. Big day out on the grass at Meffin today for the annual Horrorada Trotting Club. They race once a year um, and they enjoy getting out to the Meffin track and having their day in the sun. Hopefully there's a bit of sunshine there for them today after some overnight rain. One man who has got a big book of drives and some strong winning chances throughout the day, I thought, was Johnny Cox, who picked up two winners last Sunday at Oamaru. A very good morning to you, Johnny. How are you doing today, Matthew? Very well, thank you. How's the weather in Meffin, probably first and foremost, and most importantly? 
Uh, very sunny, um, but there is a cool breeze uh, coming off the mountains, which have got a bit of snow on it, so um, just keeping that temperature down a little bit. But no, the sun's shining, so uh, can't complain too much. Definitely won't see you out there today in your short sleeves that you're well known for. We can uh, bet on that. We'll go through your drives, Johnny. You kick off in race number one, which gets underway in about half an hour's time uh, with the pickup drive on Spirited Lou for Warren Staple. And your partner, Kim, usually does the driving of this one. Talonston enough maiden and gets into a pretty winnable race, I thought, today. Not the worst chance. No, definitely not, Matt. Uh, Kim had a bit of a choice to make, but she... Um, she she chose Phil Anderson's runner, but uh, no, he's he's going sort of well enough to Spirited Lou, and uh, you know, he was a nice third at Flenham last start, and yeah, he probably needs a little, you know, things to go his way a little bit, but um, you know, small field, if, if we get back, we shouldn't shouldn't settle too far off the pace, and he has got a nice return of foot, but uh, you know, hopefully the handier we can be, the, the better chance he can be. Have you had a drive on him on race day before, Johnny? I don't think so, no. I've driven him at the, at the trials before, so... <clears throat> so, you know, I've had a feel of him, but, uh, you know, he's come a long way since I drove him anyway. $8.50, $2.30, his each-way price, offering up some nice value in the first of the day. Perhaps your best chance of the day comes in the very next race, race two, the maiden trot. You jump on board top of the hill for Sam Payne. Uh, you and this horse have formed a pretty good combination. Uh, it's been placed in its last three starts, including uh, a couple of very good runs at Nelson and then a very good second last time out behind Orlando Express at Addington. Is today the day, do you think, for Top of the Hill? It's it's one of those things, Matt, as you know, with Trotters, you've always got to bring your manners, and, you know, he has been bringing them his last few starts, so he's definitely going to have to bring them today, but, um, you know, off, off his recent racing, and, you know, as you said, a, a nice second behind Chevron Express at Eddington's probably, you know, probably as good as form as you're going to get, so, you know, if he brings that form, he's, he's definitely going to be hard to beat. He's over from two on grass track surfaces, but that was very early on in his career. Do you feel like he's a horse that'll handle that grass track out there today? Yeah, I think he will. He first up this this campaign, he raced at um, at Mott on the grass. I think he might have run fifth or sixth. So, although it's not in his, you know, in the um, in the stats, he hasn't got good form. He it's, it's not bad form. So, I wouldn't worry too much about his grass stats form and um, just go by his racing manners, which have been good of late. So you've picked up a drive in the uh, feature race today, which is the Hororata Cup, and you're on board Fourth Amendment for um, Brad Mowbray. Now, this horse was a good winner, four starts back at Nelson, and sort of took its hook in front for Cherie Tomlinson. Um, how do you assess its chances? Because if you manage to get your way down onto the markers, it might be the sort of horse that will keep plugging away over the 3,000 metres. Yeah, I think so, Matt. Like, uh, generally, manners are good, and she, you know, she's going to have to ping away and do things right. You know, there's a few smart ones in that field. So, um, you know, the, the race she won at Nelson was only a mile, and as you said, she, she latched on a wee bit and, and uh, got running for Cherie, but uh, she won't be able to do that today over 3,000 metres. But if we can posse up, you know, somewhere on the fence, two or three back the fence, and, um, you know, battle away, I'm sure Brad will be happy enough with her. You round out your day with a couple of drives for Graham Telfer. Now, he provided your winner last week at Oamaru with Hanover to Moon. You're on the stablemate Barrytown today, who you drove to finish second last week, knocking on the door of a win, and will get one uh, pretty shortly, you would think. Yeah, his, his manners are great, and, you know, good enough to put himself in the race last week, and he got headed, you know, halfway down the straight by the winner, and, and, he, and he kicked back strong and, and probably only just missed out. You know, maybe another stride, he might have kicked back to win, but, um, you know, Graham's, down, Graham's team's going super at the moment, and, um, you know, I'm sure they'll put in another good performance today. And you would have been pretty happy to pick up the drive on his mare Shipka Lane in the last of the day. Uh, she's got a great record on the grass and also at Meffin. She looks a really strong chance in what's a pretty even field to round out the proceedings there. 
Yeah, she's got to be gate speed too, which always helps around here. You get yourself in a handy position. It's um, you know, it goes a long way. But uh, you know, another one that's just racing, racing very well and consistently. And um, I think she might have raced last Sunday and set one one, and that was more of a sprint home, which she probably got out sprinted a little bit. But uh, another one, if we can use her gate speed and find the markers and and take the shortcuts, I'm sure she'll be battling out the finish. Five wins on the board for you so far this season. Five or six weeks into uh, the racing action for the year. Which horse today would you be most most confident of of making it uh, win number six for the year? Uh, I'd like to say top of the hill. Um, you know, his manners have been good lately, and and as I said earlier, he's got to bring them today. But um, you know, on recent racing, he's been pretty solid. So um, you know, manners wise, he's he's my best chance. I think. Excellent. Just for the punters out there that probably noticed a very smart horse of yours that you stepped out late last year named Pinseeker, who won his uh, first two or three. Can you tell us where he's at and when we might see him back at the track again? Uh, yeah, he's got a year, yeah, three weeks off after he raced at the Invercargill Cup meeting and, and then uh, you know jogged for a couple of weeks and he's, he's been fast working and um, we'll, we'll look to bring him up, up here to Miffin actually next Sunday for the workouts just for a, for a quiet run and um, there's a, the Fruit Bowl Cup at uh, Cromwell in about uh, two, three weeks today, I think. So um, that's sort of going to be his target. And, um, you know, we'll just you take each race as it comes. And, you know, pretty excited to have him in the barn anyway. And, and uh, you know, hopefully he can do a good job for the, for the syndicate this year. Excellent. Johnny, we know that you are due out onto the track soon for the first of the day where you drive Spirited Lou. All the best out there at the Mount Harding today, and hopefully you can add to that solid start to the season for you. Best of luck to you from everyone out there in Trotstalk, Glenn. Thank you very much, Matt, and cheers for the time. Johnny Cox on board, uh, got a nice team of horses around him of his own at the moment. Uh, he had a good winner last week in Addison Marie, who was a winner at Omaru, and he's got a nice horse in Huru, who's run second its last two starts. So it's knocking on the door. You can look for his team and back them with a bit of confidence over the coming weeks. We're going to go and pay some more bills here on Trotstalk for your Sunday morning, and when we come back on the other side, we're going to catch up with Group 1 winning driver Tim Williams. Welcome back in to the third, qu- oh, third quarter of a Trots Talk for your Sunday morning. Matt Markham in the chair for Greg O'Connor once again. Uh, Trots Talk brought to you with courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand and of course SENZ Radio. About to catch up with Group 1 winning driver from Friday night in Tim Williams. Tim, a very good morning to you and congratulations. I'm sure after 19 Group 1s, the excitement and the feeling of getting one of those big ones never wavers. Good morning. Morning, Matty. Yeah, no, you did right there, mate. It's um, it's the reason you get out of bed uh, early on those winter mornings, uh, moments like that, the other night, that that feeling to win those races, that's... uh, yeah, it's definitely what we do it for. A little bit special with a horse like her, Tim. Obviously, she's a, she's a bit of a favourite around the stable and she's been such a good mare for uh, the Stonewall stud team. And, and she really deserved that Group 1 uh, on Friday night, the way she'd been racing, didn't she? Definitely. Like you said, the last couple of years, she's uh, she's been beaten favourite in the race. So it was uh, you know, nice to be able to get it, get it across the line this year. And I think, like you say, just... Being such a favourite through runs throughout both stables and um, you know the job she's done, but you know she was probably one of the original ones race horses that we had in the South Island Barn when we first started down here. So you know to see her sort of go through from sort of two, three win horse to uh, to the Open Company and, and winning Group One races, it's uh, you know it's been a been a great ride to be a part of. 
it looked a technical race on paper before you even scored up behind the mobile. And I know there was a lot of talk about who was going to find the front and who was going to do what. Did it pan out sort of how you thought it would, Tim, early doors? I know you got yourself into a good spot early and, and then were able to sort of control the race as you liked it from there once you got up outside the leader. But was that sort of how you envisaged it, envisaged it unfolding? It's how I'd hoped it. That was a uh, best-case scenario. So, like you say, I think we were probably fortunate that way. The, the whole race sort of, you know, once once the gate left, everything sort of really fell into place how uh, it was sort of plan A and uh, plan B and C. We were kind of play it by ear, but, you know, once once the gate left and we were able to tuck in and, you know, just the way she was able to drop the bit and, you know, find a good rhythm the first half of the race, I think it was, uh, you know, definitely helped because it looked a good draw on paper, but, uh, you know, it was Obviously, plenty of gate speed inside and outside us. So, just being able to drop into the rain line early without doing a lot of work, I think, was yeah, a big help to. I was going to bring that up. Obviously, her her racing manners and the way that she she can buzz around and sit park, but then sort of almost drop the bit and relax back into your own lap there outside the leader. It just uh, adds another string to your your bow when you're out there driving horses like that who can you know do what you ask of them and then still when you get to the 400 metres and click her up, she can sort of explode away from them. It must be a really good feeling driving a horse like her who, who can go out there and do that for you. Oh, for sure. And that's, uh, that's been a big string to her bow right through her career. She just has uh, you know, beautiful manners and a you know, great turn of foot and you know, over 2,600 metres in, in those big Group 1 races, you, know, you can't afford to be um, overdoing it when you, when you don't need to be. So you know, I was just really pleased the way she did, uh, did relax and you know, her manners the other night. You know, it's a big part of winning those races. Obviously a pretty special moment for the southern leg of uh, the Stonewall Stud operation. Uh, Amanda Telfer obviously running running the barn down here, but the first Group 1 winner out of the brand new barn out there on uh, Larkham's Road, just on the northern side of Rolleston. Uh, horses are obviously all in there now. Uh, how are you enjoying being in that, uh, what we could only describe as world-class facility? Yeah, it's, uh, you sort of got to pinch yourself when you walk in some mornings, Matty, obviously it's... Uh you know, we're extremely blessed with facilities that are provided, um, you know, from Stonewall. So, you know, what, what they're doing now with facilities and, and the horses up in Bond the last couple of years, it's, you know, it's a bit more added pressure to, to our staff now. We've got to, uh, got to start fronting up in these big races on the better days and, you know, the other sort of races uh, they want to be competing in and, and winning. So, you know, really exciting sort of times ahead, the, the progeny we've got coming through now and the facilities we can use. I was going to say that we'd, uh, we'd only expect to see things start ramping up over the next couple of months as you, you step out more and more numbers. Do you, do you feel, I mean, you've worked in big stables with, with really good horses before, obviously, through your time with All-Stars and, and the Duns before that. Do you feel like there's a team of horses there uh, that, that can go on and progress and, and be Group 1 winners over the course of 2024? I think so, Matty. I think the, um, the weight of numbers in the two-year-old ranks this year, not to say We've found Lazarus or me just yet, but uh, they're definitely ticking the boxes for what, what's been asked of them so far. So, you know, the weight, the weight of numbers they've got there, and you know, the amount of broodmares they've still got out of down some moonlight that they're you know, breeding on, breeding their own ones as well. Was, uh, you know, they've given us plenty of stock to play with. So, um, you know, we're we're definitely uh, trying to find the Lazarus or the Dormi. 20 wins on the board for Stonewall for the year so far and 11 wins for you yourself, Tim, in the bike. Looking to add to those numbers today. You're not in Canterbury. You, you've made the trek down yesterday to Winton and you've perched up there overnight and you've got a couple of runners that you're driving and, of course, another runner in as well that Carter Del Giddy takes the drive on. Music Mistress goes round in race number one on debut, a two-year-old filly by Sweet Lou out of Rock 
Chick. She's looked pretty sharp in her couple of runs out at Rangura. What can you tell us about her, and can you lead us into perhaps whether she's a winning chance today on debut down there? Yeah, lovely filly, Maddie. Obviously, only had, had the two trials, but you know, nothing's been a problem for her. She's she's been very natural and uh, you know, great attitude. Hence, why she's probably you know out so early and and it has been a stress to her. She's she's travelled down great and um, you know, seems really bright. So you know, she's got a good draw today. And small field can be a little bit tactical, but obviously a lot of respect for you know Bob's one. I've seen it go at the trials and. It looks a nice colt, but, uh, you know, really pleased with how she's progressed down here. So, you know, she'll go a good race. You also take the reins on Built for Glory later on in race number six in the field that Miraculous goes around, and we talked to Nathan Williamson a few moments ago, and he gave a very strong push for his runner. Can you give us something similar on Built for Glory? I know you've got a pretty high opinion of the horse. Firstly, how did you assess that last run at Addington in what was a very, very good field, and what do you think his chances are today of maybe uh, improving on that result? Yeah, look, I expect him to be improved off the run, Matty. He's been a little grouse colt that he is. I think the backup should probably suit him this week. But uh, a different race now for scratching. It's only a small field and you know, a couple of smart colts outside us, like, say, Nathan Williamson. Look, looks a smart customer. So we've tinkered with a bit of gear. I was pleased with his run last week, but he just got a little bit lost when he when he went to come out top of the straight and, and cost himself a good length or two. So hopefully the gear change works today, but he's... Uh, He's probably one to follow. He's still he's still in the making. He's not the finished product yet. But like you say, we we do like him and uh, you know expect him to go a good race today. But uh, hopefully, a couple of these trips down here might uh, might start to iron out a few of those weak kinks in his armour. Beach Flyby is also down there. Carter Delgetti takes the drive as you look to try and grab a penalty free win uh, with that particular runner. What can you what can you sort of tell us about the chances there? Yeah, man, he's been really pleased with him. She's done a lot of the work since he uh, came home from Nelson, where it was obviously too bad to be true at Nelson, so he didn't back up the second day. But I can say his, his work at home has been really, really very pleasing since. But uh, yeah, it looks not a bad draw, but it could be a little bit of speed around him. But you know, I think he's one safe car to compose him up somewhere close to speed, and he gets a good enough trip. I would expect him to be finishing off strong. Excellent. Tim, we'll let you carry on and go and get ready for what's a big day down there at Winton. Thank you very much for your time this morning on Trot's Talk and congratulations on Group 1 driving win number 19. May there be many more, especially throughout 2024. Go well and look forward to talking to you again soon. No worries. Thanks so much, Matty. Tim Williams, one of the best in the business in the bike after his Group 1 victory with All-American Lover on Friday night. We're going to take our final ad break for the hour, and when we come back on the other side, we're going to take in the first from the High Rata Trotting Club meeting out at Meffin for the day. We're into the home straight here on Trots Talk for your Sunday morning. We're going to catch up with TAB bookmaker Matt Peden in a few minutes, but we thought with a bit of time up our sleeves that we might... Be able to take in the first from the Mount Harding today, the Horrorata Trotting Club, a meeting on the grass. Looks a beautiful day out there at Meffin. I'm looking forward to getting in the car and heading back there myself and uh, perching up on the hill. I'm watching a few races on the grass track there. This field's walking around at the start. Your favourite uh, is Ocean Breeze from the Jeff and James Dunstable. Very, very big run at Rangiora on Tuesday. Looks a horse who hasn't got a lot of speed, but he's got a big ticker on him. He didn't lie down after uh, going to war a couple of times on Tuesday, and he's come up pretty short here. He's a $2 chance today, uh, followed closely by the one, which is Alter Showgirl for Robert and Jenna Dunn. Uh, John Dunn takes the drive. It looks like the mobile's about to get moving. Johnny Cox, of course, who we talked to earlier in the show, 
Uh, he's on board the four Spirited Lou for Warren Stapleton, an $8 chance. And Leo O'Reilly's Dean James is the other runner in single figures from the outside of the front line. Seven of them to go around over the 2,300 metres in the first of the day from the Mount Harding for Hirata. We'll cross over and we'll take the live coverage for race number one. So to show Gil off the inside, well and truly in the back end. As we are nearly there. Close to dispatch, green light on. IRT Mobile pulls away and it's Alta Shogil from the inside who will use that inside gate to full advantage and punch through and grab the lead. But Ocean Breeze, race favourite, being sent forward, driven positively and will grab the early lead. Settling three deep, the pylons in the early stages, Maggie Do, Spirited Lou. Just caught parked at this stage and will remain out there. Just been snagged back around the outside of Freedom's Beauty. Second to last, Rural Cash. And from the wide gate, Dean James taken back to be last of all. Well, it's Ocean Breeze found the lead as easy as she liked and leads them up by two and a half coming towards the home straight on the first occasion. Alter Showgirl will nestle in for the run of the race and will wait for use of the Equine Investments Limited passing lane in a circuit's time. Maggie do three deep the pylons parked up spirited Lou forced to face the breeze but applying no pressure to the speed. Buried four deep the pylons is Freedom's Beauty 1-1 one, one uh, Rural Cash and last of the group is Dean James but in the running line as they make their way down towards the winning post with just over a circuit left to make and it's Ocean Breeze favourite getting every chance in front leads by two lengths. On Alter Showgill sitting second, third and three deep Maggie do there's no change. Spirited Lou forced to face the breeze. 1-1 one, one for Rural Cash around the outside of Freedom's Beauty and last of all is Dean James as they make their way towards the back straight. There have been no changes throughout and it's race favourite Ocean Breeze who's getting every chance in front to score. Alter Shogil looks the biggest danger at this point. We'll wait for use of the Equine Investments passing lane. Parked up Spirited Lou's had to do it tough. Maggie do three deep looking for gaps. In the 1-1 Rural Cash around the outside of Freedom's Beauty who's uh, really uh, locked onto the bit for deep the pegs and Dean James will have one last crack at them. As they make their way down the back, nearing the 8.50, it's Ocean Breeze in front. Has been there pretty much throughout. Spirited Lou just starting to creep forward a little bit closer in the parked position. Inside the 800 they are. Alter Showgill, second favourite, travels well, waiting for the passing lane. 1-1 one, one Rural Cash around Maggie Do Dean James. And back to last now to get away from the inside is Freedom's Beauty. As Ocean Breeze starts to click it up. Inside the 5.50, leads by a half length on Spirited Lou. Alter Showgill. Favor, second favourite travels well and behind them Maggie Do, Dean James Rural Cash and Freedom's Beauty but it's Ocean Breeze inside the 400 will shortly straighten a nice leader, a length over on the outside Spirited Lou waiting for the Equine Investments passing lane to open up, Alter Showgill then Maggie Do looking to charge through late Getting near the 200, it's Ocean Breeze in front. Trying hard, the inside Alter Showgill, the two favourites sneak away on Maggie Do. In front, Ocean Breeze, Alter Showgill, the inside. Maggie Do looking to make ground late. It's Ocean Breeze in front of Alter Showgill. All the way for Ocean Breeze over Alter Showgill. Getting into third and making nice ground late, Maggie Do. We go back to Spirited Lou, Dean James. The last few Ocean Breeze takes out the first of the day for... Jared O'Reilly, Jeff and James Dunfitting that the first favourite of the day should be successful given the next man we're going to talk to is TAB bookmaker Matt Peden. Uh, you got that one right Matt, good morning to you. Yeah, Matt, a broken clock's right twice a day isn't it? So <laughs> that looked hard to beat on paper uh, Ocean Breeze and it panned out that way too. 
Interesting, the third so, horse there, Maggie. Do I? I think I might have seen it on Gavel House for sale. So off the back of that run, it's uh, it's value might go up a wee bit. Well, there'll be a few people out there that might be jumping onto Gavel House to try and uh, put a bid in on that. The way it went there. Now, big day uh, of harness racing with action, of course, from Winton and uh, Meffin. What can you lead us into? What are the what are the punters getting involved in nice and early there across both those meetings? Yeah, Matt, as you can imagine, there's a lot of money floating around. It's, it's not often we have uh, have two harness meetings on a Sunday in New Zealand, but, um, yeah, a bit of money floating around. I thought I'd pick one out from each meeting and the best back from each meeting. Uh, we'll start at the Mount Harding Racecourse at Methuen, given we've just gotten underway there. And race number seven, Noxham Valley. First up for Sam Thornley, trains and drives, formerly with Bruce Negus. It hasn't been anywhere, this horse, but... Really good push in the marketplace in the last 12 hours or so. It's been 13 into $6. Uh, so what you want to take from that uh, is up to you, but a little bit of, little bit of confidence given, uh, given the profile of that horse and, uh, and the fact that there might be a bit of, uh, bit of expectation that will race well first up from Sam's barn. Uh, the second of which will go down to Winton and race number nine in the Southern Oaks Heap. We put up 320 unit is me when we opened this market on Wednesday, I think it was, and didn't last long. It was into 240 pretty quickly, and the last 12 hours they've come again right into 180 and one-way traffic. We can't ride a bit for Ruby Row or Flying Ellie who are on the second and third line, so uh, she might even start shorter when you need as me, but she was good at Nelson. She was good again at Addington a fortnight ago, and, uh, and the market believes she can go three from three. Excellent. So there's two that the punters are getting involved in uh, early doors today, both at Meffin and Winton. Matt, obviously we saw lead-in races to the Harness Millions this coming Friday night at Alexandra Park. Were there any major changes to the markets off the back of those uh, performances on Friday night? Matt, the markets were pretty much static on the back of uh, on the back of what we saw. Chase the, Chase the Dream obviously winning in the boys and Cole Chisel was excellent. And he's, uh, he's firm slightly in the second favourite, but... Uh, no great changes there and no great changes in the Phillies either. So those markets are pretty pretty similar to how they looked about a month ago. Obviously, moments like this likely to not go around in that, uh, in that three-year-old Phillies event for the Harness Millions, but uh, Coastal Babe shortening, start shortening slightly off the back of that. So, yeah, not a lot of movement, but uh, it'll be a good night of racing up there at Auckland. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Hey, thank you very much for joining us on Trot's Talk this morning. Matt, those two to follow today. All you need is me in the Southland Oaks heat, Noxham Valley in race seven at Meffin. Until next time, Matt, go well out there and hopefully you can beat a few of the punters into submission today. Good luck, Matt. Thank you. Matt Peden, TAB bookmaker there coming on line f- with us on Trot's Talk this morning. We're starting to wrap things up here for the day. Uh, obviously me filling in for Greg O'Connor for the week. Greg's back on deck next week and he'll have plenty to sink his teeth into as we start to get close to events like the Race by Grins and the TAB Trot where we're starting to see plenty of movement with Merlin of course picking up that SENZ radio slot during the week to become the first pacer. Thank you very much to Nathan Williamson, Johnny Cox, Tim Williams and of course Matt Peden. This has been your Sunday morning Trots Talk. Good luck if you're having a punt out there today at either Winton or Meffin and until next time, this is Matt Markham signing off.